0: As we open the word of God this morning. Thanks guys. I'll call you back in a short while. We're busy with the 10 series. And um, I love how we can stop at something that seems so Usual and normal and and supposedly known in our Christian walk and actually find so much richness and depth in it that, that we didn't really know exists in what God is saying to his people. Over the past two weeks, we looked at the first two commandments and a quick overview is that we talked about God being first in our life, that he is the priority, that we prefer him, that we make him number one. And the second thing that we looked at is that we will worship God alone. God first and worship God alone. last week, Frank spoke about idols and idolatry in our hearts. And and he said that what constitutes an idol is not what we have or we want, but it's what has us. Where we are bound to something that takes the worship and the focus of God and onto itself. We also said that the law of God originates from his perfect love. It is the hallmark that marks us his. Right before he came to the Israelites and he gave them the Ten Commandments, he's just walked an incredible journey with them to let them know and understand that he is the God that is for them, and they are his people. And he starts chapter 20 by saying, I am the Lord your God. A deeply personal God that says my commandments and the way that you live according to this is gonna be the hallmark and the stamp and the seal for the world to see that you are my people. And this morning we're looking at the third commandment which is all about the name of God. And as we already sang and established here this morning, there is, there is no greater, there is absolutely no greater Word, There's no greater name. There's no greater reverence than the name of God in our lives as, as followers of Jesus Christ. Sadly, we live in a day and age where it's become a familiar thing. It's, we live in a day and age where it's become just another word to use to many people out there. We even live in a time where it's be, being used blasphemous all around the world, and it's equal to swear words. That is shocking if you think about it but the third commandment reads like this. It'll be on the screen. You shall not take the name of your Lord God in vain. That's the first part of the commandment. There's a second part that I will look at in a minute, but let's talk about this for a minute because I think most of us would say that when we read this, our default reference is, is speaking and blasphemy, right? It's when we watch the movies and they use the name of God in vain. That's what I thought for most of my life is, well, that's simply what it means, is don't say God's name, just utter it in a way that is dishonoring. But I was turned upside down this week when I, when I spent time reading and praying through this commandment. And I was thinking about the blasphemy thing, because that is part of it, but it's not the only part. There is, again, such richness in this commandment for us to discover this morning. I, I, in my own life, it's one of those things that makes me stop And shiver when I hear people uttering the name Jesus Christ in an unworthy manner. It just, it it makes me feel sick on the inside. It makes me want to turn off movies. It makes me want to stop watching series. Because it's just so blasé. As if it's nothing. As if it's a dead few letters struck together. And we can use it in the same sentences. All the terrible words that I would not dare utter. I remember once I was in, in checkers in the queue waiting for my things, and it was quite a busy day, one of those confusing days and days in checkers, and the poor lady behind the counter, I could see she's not having the best day, and I usually try and engage the people a little bit, because it's it's tedious work to sit there all day and just ding, 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 swipe, ding, bags, swipe. So she's had a lot of swiping and dinging and bags, and I, I looked at her and I greeted her friendly, I always try and bake a moment to just acknowledge them, and and for some reason, one of the things didn't want to swipe. And she's like, and next one was like typing away and trying to get the thing, and it didn't work. And she was frustrated, and she uttered the name Jesus in an unworthy manner. And I stood there for a minute, and I gave her the benefit of the doubt. I thought, maybe she is a Christian, but the way she said it, and you can imagine what it sounded like, she uh, is not, but... I stood there for a minute, gave her the benefit of the doubt, and after a short while, she's still trying to make this thing scan. I told her, you know what? He's waiting for you. She looked at me all funny, and she said, excuse me? She said, I said, Jesus is waiting for you. you. just called on him, and he's waiting for you to, come, to finish your prayer. <laughs> and the next thing is, she's like, ding, 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 in the back. Cheers, there you go. She do not want to spend any more time with me. But the reality is, to many people, it's a useless few words. It's a word of frustration and a word of, I don't know, anger that they just use and often string together without thinking about what they're saying. But be it far from us as God's people to ever do that, to ever use God's name in such a way that we bring dishonor to the greatest name ever. And we as these people have to stop and ask ourselves and reflect against this word, is our lives aligning to this commandment? Because the second part of the commandment is quite a, an interesting one and, and a strong warning where it says, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And then I started reading this, and I'm like, God, what are you saying here? Because surely most of us, as followers of Christ, wouldn't use your name as a useless cuss word. So how does this apply to us? And I went back to the original scriptures, and I did a bit of... Hebrew studies of that sentence and I pulled some of the guys in the office together. The guys is really into the theology part and we sat around it and we read the commentaries and then we realized as so many times before, the English language is very limited. Also <laughs> in It's very limited in the richness that goes missing from translating to the Hebrew or the Greek to the English. And on the screen, you will see how it should actually read. It should read like this. Do not Nasa shock the name Yahweh. Okay, Pierre, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. Well, I'm going to explain it to you. The word Nasa means don't lift and carry different perspective. It's never used in the way of uttering. The word Nasa has no no reference to uttering. It's references, don't lift and carry the name of Yahweh in shove, and that means in an empty manner or falsely. So in actual fact, it should be reading like this. On the screen, do not take up and carry the name of Yahweh in an empty manner. And it's that moment where the DJ scratches the, the plate and like everything goes back. Say, say what? A whole different perspective on this commandment, don't you think? It's not just about the uttering of his name in a dishonoring way. It means that we, his people, when we take on his name and we lift on his name and we carry his name through the world, will do it in a manner that is honoring and glorifying to him at all times. This is what the commandment means. You know what I was reminded about this week is that we serve a covenant God. And that he's part of the covenant with his people was, I am your God. He went to the Israelites in the beginning of this chapter and said, you know what? I belong to you. You are my people and I am yours. I'm deeply connected to you. And your part of the covenant is that you do things the way that I want you to do. And we can't move away from that covenant even today in the new covenant where Christ has laid down his life and his blood was shed. Because that's how covenants, I'm not going to go into explaining that to you this morning. That's how covenants are being being set in place and sealed through the flowing of blood. But let us never ever be in a place where we even deny the cross by living in a way that we're not carrying the name of Christ in honor and glory due his name. God has placed upon us his name. He placed in that moment on the Israelites his name and saying, you are the nation on which I choose to put my name, Yahweh, the only nation. And since then, because of the cross to all of us who come to Christ Jesus, in relationship with Christ Jesus, he comes and he places through his covenant his name upon us. And our response is one of, will we lift this name and carry it in a way that is worthy and honoring to him? So this morning, I have simply titled my message, Carry His Name. And we're going to look at it practically. What does it mean in response to this commandment to carry His name? Turn to your neighbor and tell him or her, you are a name carrier. Okay, say it with a little bit more gusto and conviction. The thing about carrying the name of Jesus Christ is that yes, it is a heart matter. It starts in our heart and that's where we're gonna start this morning. But more than that, it's also a matter of words and how we say it. But then it further goes down to being a way, a matter of action and how we live it. And to carry God's name in a worthy manner requires that we move from professing to partnering. It requires that we move away from the place saying that I follow Jesus to actually actually partnering with Jesus, saying, God, you've placed your name on me. Now I partner with you, I bind myself to you, and I will walk out this woe, this road in the way that you want me to. I play my part. Sadly today, and we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago when I talked about the need in the world and, and the poverty and nominal Christianity. Apparently eighty percent or more of people in South Africa are Christians. They're professing it, but there's no partnership. There's no actual living according to the things of God. And we need to make sure that if we claim Christ and we confess Christ, that our lives reflect a way that honors that profession. Otherwise, our professing is empty. And unless it's fulfilled in a partnership with God, it'll just be empty words. Matthew Henry said it like this in his commentary of this verse. Those that call upon the name of Christ but do not depart from iniquity, wrongdoing, as that name binds them to do, name it in vain, and their worship is in vain. In Jesus, say this in, in Matthew 15, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips. They profess Christianity. They profess Christ, but their hearts are far from me, They worship me in vain. And therefore, the the scriptures in the Bible starts making sense where God says that in the day when I return, many are going to say, Lord, Lord, and He says, I do not know you. Your worship was in vain because it was all lip service and what you professed and what you said, but you didn't carry and lifted my name in a manner that is worthy. I love what Matthew Henry said about being bound to the name of Christ, Christ, Jesus Christ means Messiah, it means Savior, and if we accept him, we are bound to the fact that he has saved us from our iniquities. So dare us not ever go back to those iniquities, because then we are denying his name and saying, you actually haven't saved me, because I'm still here, I'm still playing around. And in a minute, I'm going to talk about this, that yes, we are broken people who make mistakes, and even in our brokenness, it is possible to carry the name of Christ. You daily choose to carry names in this world. What do you mean, Pierre? Well, think about this. iPhone is a name. Apple is a name. Samsung is a name. Let's not start a rivalry here this morning. Woolworths is a name. Old Kaki is a name. Checkers is a name. Thanks, Frank. Ting ting. Reebok is a name. Nike is a name. Narchi is a name. Earthchild is a name. Apparently, that's what kids have to wear to be really in, although they're babies and they don't care. <laughs> Cotton on is a name. Poetry is a name. According to me, poetry is something you do. It's what Sumeri did this morning, but it's a name of clothes that people wear. First Ascent is a name, all the sporties out there. YDE is a name, Rainband is a name, Guess is a name. I guess it's a name. GKNY is the name. Diesel is the name. Tommy Hilfiger is the name. Calvin Klein is the name. KFM is the name. 5FM is the name. Okay, let's move to music. Coldplay is the name. Any fans? One Republic is the name. Rihanna is the name. Now, don't tell me you're a fan. There was a kid crying about One Republic. Rihanna is the name. I don't want anyone shouting because I don't like her music. Beyonce is a name. Drake is a name. That likes his drake in Afrikaans, but it's a name. Charlie Puth, terrible name. Uh, That's a name, the poor guy. But it's a name that we know. John Mayer is a name. Eric Clapton is a name to the older generation. Taylor Swift is a name. (laughs) I'm going to say that one again. There should be some Taylor Swift fans here. Taylor is a name. Bruce Springsteen is a name. There we go. I was waiting for Frank's shout-out. Stefan, I was waiting for you to cheer on with him. Justin Timberlake's a name. DNC is a name. DNC is a name. They wanted to be cool, so they took out the A. It actually stands for dance, but apparently it stands for something else. But DNC is a name. Toyota's a name. Mercedes is a name. Audi is a name. Maserati is a name, Peter. BMW is a name. Facebook is a name. Instagram is a name. Pinterest is a name. Snapchat is a name. WhatsApp is the name, and all these names rely on exactly the same thing. It is up to you to carry their name to the world so that people can hear and join in. So the question to us this morning is, does the world know that at the end of the day, the most valuable name on the face of the earth to you is the name Jesus? Jesus. Does it come up in your daily living, daily living, that Jesus Christ is the greatest name for you to carry and lift? Or does it fight with all these names that we are carrying daily, in and out? And I'm not saying that is wrong. We need those names. Otherwise, we wouldn't be wearing clothes, and it would have been a very interesting morning. And we wouldn't have been able to get here in our vehicles. Nothing wrong. But when it comes to value... Do we value the name of Jesus Christ in such a way that when people look at us, they just say, wow. I want to speak to the youth for a minute. I remember my own, my own walk. As a 16-year-old, I, I came to the realization that God started waking me up for His purposes that He has for my life. And up until that point, I was extremely scared to speak out about my Christianity. Isn't it funny how Buddhists would say, yeah, I'm a Buddhist, Atheists, they love saying we are an atheist. Um, Hindus, they they wear their attire. They've got the little thing on their heads to show the world that they're Hindus. I can go on. Muslims don't mind telling people. But with us, it's like so what you believe. Christian. Sorry, I didn't hear? No, I'm a Christian. There's this, for some reason, shameful thing about it. And I don't know why, and I think it's because of the enemy's scare tactics that's keeping us away to actually profess. You know what, I follow the greatest name on the planet of the earth and in the heavens, the creator of the world, Jesus Christ. And I remember as a young child growing up, I, I had this fear in my life to, to say this name, and I knew what God was starting to do in my own life, and I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't have the faith to. And at some point, at that point, my, my, ba- my bass guitar teacher took a moment in one of the base lessons to speak about the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And he prayed for the the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my life. And up until that point, I fell for the scare tactics of the enemy, thinking that if I go about my school day and between my friends, and I take a stand for the name of Jesus Christ, that I would be mocked, that I would be the one that becomes the unpopular one. I can promise you today that is not true, especially to the youth. And for those of you in your work environments who's too scared to say, you know what, I follow Jesus Christ wholeheartedly. That's the enemy's tactic to tell you you are gonna be the unpopular one. And so what if you are unpopular? You are popular with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That is more important than the popularity of a thousand people. But back to the story. And he prayed for me and there was a boldness that rose up in my heart and I actually took the boldness maybe a step too far and I went to my great teach and i said next time when we have assembly as a grade we were in a massive school there were 450 people in my grade the grootste afrikaanse school in the world that was the claim to fame but um i said i wanted to share a message i've got it in my heart this was after the prayer, and here i am in front of all my mates and all my peers as a 16 year old and with that boldness that the Holy Spirit have given me, and I opened up the Bible and I shared what God has placed on my heart. And the biggest jock, bully, whatever you want to call him in your reference of school, the, the most popular, the one that just stood out above all, came to me afterwards and said, "Yes, that was amazing." And I'm like, "Say what?" <laughs> and, and there was a respect that started resting upon him and we became friends and I realized you know what God does it it's not up to me and especially to us as youth I know the pressures to not carry the name of Christ to carry all these other cool names some that I've mentioned maybe a little old school and there's names that you guys have that I don't know about but how do we carry the name of God And very simple three things we carry his name with reverence groot word for the It means that we take time in our day in our lives to simply think about how big and how great and mighty this God is and align our living according to that. It was easy for the Israelites to understand this because they just saw it. They saw how this powerful God has sent the ten plagues. To free them, they saw how this powerful God has opened up the sea for them to walk through. They saw the pillars of smoke and cloud and fire leading them. They saw the manna from heaven. They saw the miracles. It was easy for them to say, Whoa, this is huge. This is incredible. But in our Western world today, we've unlearned the art of miracles, we've unlearned the art of stopping and noticing the miracles of God in our daily lives. I make it a point in my own life when I drive from home to work to Summers of West, we live in Gordons Bay, to just gaze upon the mountains of His beauty. Daily, I make it a, a mission in my life to stop and consider the mountains. We live in one of the most beautiful places where we could have this reverence in our hearts. And I said this in the beginning of the series with A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Do so we think of him with reverence and honor and a sense that, oh God, you know what, sometimes I actually don't want to look up. I just want to look down. And when we have moments of worship where he comes and he rests upon us with his, with his presence and we just like, and sometimes we feel we, we can't go low enough. You know what I'm talking about? It's amazing when I read what it looks like in heaven. All the angels, it says, Revelation 5, and all the living creatures funny-looking creatures. I don't know what they look like. And the elders, whoever the elders are, are consistently in the presence of God. That thing which we desire so amazingly strong here on earth, which we'll only have the full benefit of in heaven one day, they are consistently in His presence. But yet, even heaven pours to fall down in reverence at the thought of Christ the Messiah. We read how they are together in Revelation 5 and the lamb opens the scroll and they're all standing there and they're aware of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, in their midst. And they start singing and they start singing, Jesus, you're my homeboy. It's a Louis Giglio joke. <laughs> you're so cool. You're, I'm in with you. It's like a, no. They look down faces to the ground and they said holy 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 it's all they could utter if the angels in heaven have that reverence for God being in his presence all the time and at the mention of his name they pause to do that how much more in our hearts as his people shouldn't we carry his name in such a way that when we say it we stop and we pause and we say God, you are incredible. You are amazing. I honor you, and I will only lift your name in a worthy manner. Second way that we carry his name is in word and deed. It's in our actions. That's when what's in our heart becomes the lifestyle that we live through our hands and our saying and where we go and the life we live. When the splendor of his name consumes our hearts and thoughts, It will flow into every area of our lives. Colossians 3 verse 17 says it like this, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything, say everything, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And again, that word in, in the original texts read like this, In a state in which something operates from inside of you. So whatever you do in that reverence out of your heart, which is inside of you for the name of God, out of that overflow, do it in God's name. Don't do it in your own strength. Don't do it in your own thinking and relying on yourself. Do it in a manner and in a way unto God and Jesus Christ where you are lifting his name. You know what happens in our walk in word and deed is we walk around like this to the world. Everyone can see what it says, Christian. And when we walk as a Christian and we do say, you know what, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus Christ, people kind of put a little mark around that. And then when Pierre goes around and something happens at checkers and I, my trolley falls over and I utter a cuss word and I kick the trolley and I shout at the woman who... who who didn't want to greet me properly, or whatever I might do, or if I treat my wife harshly, or my child, people aren't going to say, you know what, that pure oak isn't lacquer. The first thing the world says is, he's a Christian. And that's so many times how we dishonor his name, is by saying, you know, yes, I'm a Christian, but then when it comes to my lifestyle, and my words, and my deeds, ah, you know what, yeah, I'm trying here, I'm a little bit okay here, I need no, we need to put everything at his feet as offering and worship unto him, so that when the world sees Christian, we actually profess it and we live it. Then there's weight. Then we are carrying his name, and we are not taking his name in an empty manner. But you know what? I want to replace this word with this, because this is really what we carry. We aren't carrying the name Christian. We aren't carrying a religion. We are carrying the name Christ. So we have to ask ourselves, do we just carry Christianity or do we carry Christ? Because with this comes the weight. The Bible says that we need to ascribe glory due His name. And the word glory, and it was confirmed yesterday when I went to uh, the Gospel Sco Spell, Retief Berger, one of the, the lead elders in our movement, spoke about this in his song and he said, The word glory, kabot, means the weight of God. So when I say that I carry Christ, does that come with that weight that I need to do this in a manner that at all times is honoring and not empty? And I will make sure that I align my life to that so that my witness to the world is a clear, witness with clean hands and a pure heart that's what it means to carry his name in word and in deed now yes and i said i'll mention this we do have our moments we are still human our flesh is still strong but there's so many scriptures and i love the apostle apostle paul's approach to this because he was quite a broken man himself who had some battles in his own life But you know what, that never held him back from professing the name of Christ boldly, even though he made mistakes. And here's the key, that the cross of Calvary make it possible to lift and esteem God's name even in our most broken state. That's the beauty of the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Galatians 6 He writes that far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in 2 Corinthians 12, he speaks about boasting in his weaknesses. He's saying, yes, I do carry this name, but I'm carrying it in such a manner that when I do mess up and when I don't do things right, I will come with repentance and I will come with an action of making sure that my right standing relationship with God is restored and I will still point people towards God in a manner that they can see that I am his. So brokenness isn't the issue because we all have our moments. I want to read to you from Psalm 51, the moment after King David has just committed terrible sins in the sight of God. And he wrote this, For I know my transgressions, I know my brokenness, and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And he cries out to God, he said, Perch me with hyssop, hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And then, this is the key. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. God's redemptive power is so strong that even when this name is above us and we mess it up, if we submit it back to him, he can turn it around and use it so that we can teach transgressors and sinners the way to Christ. Isn't that powerful? It approaches our repentance lifestyle in a whole new manner that we will run to Christ and not away from Christ when we mess up because there's an opportunity for us to grow and there's an opportunity to again say, you know what, this God is so strong and amazing that even I, when I make my mistakes, He's ready to respond with grace and forgiveness. So again, I lift the name of Christ. I'm bound to this name, the gracious Savior. And then the third way, and the band can join me on stage, that we carry his name is we need to carry his name to the world. When there's that reverence and honor in our heart towards him, and it becomes the way we live, then the world tunes in and they see something glorious. When we decide and resolve in our own hearts that we will only lift the name of Christ in a worthy manner, then the world will hear and join in. That's the beauty of this. In Acts chapter 9, the well-known story of Saul who was blinded on his way to Damascus and got an encounter with him. And up until this point, he was the one killing Christians. And then God blinded him and he spoke to Ananias and said, Ananias, there's this guy, Saul of Tarsus, that I need you to go to and go pray for him so that he can see again. And, and Ananias stopped for him and he said, wait a minute, that's the guy who kills Christians. Ah, I know you are God and everything, but mm, I'm not sure that you've got this one right. I'm just checking. Is this what you are really saying? God says, yes, go to Saul and pray for him. And this is what he says of Saul. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Wouldn't it be amazing to have that set of you? Francois, you are God's chosen instrument to carry his name before the world, before kings. Lindy, I can go around and say more names. I'm not gonna fall into that trap now. That word carry is the Greek counterpart of the word Nasser in hebrew exactly the same he is a chosen instrument of mine to lift and carry my name before the world do you know what god does say that of us he did give us the mandate to go into all the world and carry his name and his gospel of hope And this is the culmination of this commandment where our lives are so aligned to this wonderful God that we serve and we we move it into action and then we say, God, but there's more. I want to be able to share this with everyone out there because this is so worth it. Even in my brokenness, it's worth it because your name is so strong that it lifts my sin and it takes it away. So I want to be a carrier of your name to the world. When our greatest pursuit becomes the honor of his name, the world will soon join in acclaim. And then it doesn't become a thing of strive anymore. Yeah, we have to reach so many. We have to make so many disciples. We have to see so many converts. We have to, out of our own strength, get these names out of darkness into the marvelous light of Christ Jesus. Then we can stop and say, you know what, God, all I'm doing is lifting your name and honoring it in a worthy manner so the world will see and they will join in a claim of praise of that name. That's the beauty of the power of God working through our lives. Isaiah 26 verse 8 says this, and it's a prayer, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, your commandments, we wait for you with reverence, with an awareness of the grandeur of this God we serve, and then the prayer ends saying, your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. And oftentimes this is the key where for so long we, we feel like we haven't quite carried the name of Christ in a manner that is worthy or we might be nominal in our Christianity where we say, yes, we are Christian, but it doesn't go into deed and action and in reverence. Maybe you should just put yourself in a place where you can consider for a minute that you are the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone else. But you are carrying this name, Christ, above you. And when people look at you, they see Christ Jesus. Because when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So each one of us could be praying that prayer and saying, God, your name and your renown is the greatest desire of my heart. It's my number one pursuit to lift this name higher than ever in my life and my lifestyle and my living so that the world can join in with songs of praise. So my encouragement to you this morning in closing is carry his name. It's as simple as that. That's what it means to lift this third commandment. It's to go out into the world and say, you know what, God, I am Tired of my striving, tired of doing it out of my own strength. Tired of my sickling, my boom plan, whatever you want to call it, and I'm going to carry your name. Do you know what we talked about it this morning is that in the name of God, there is so much written and, and hidden that we could spend a year on talking about. And maybe we should take a series We would discover the names of God. One of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. That when we lift his name in honor, in a worthy manner, he responds with healing back to us. And that's a word that God has placed on our hearts. This morning is to pray for a moment of healing for people in this room. So we're going to lift the name of God high this morning. We're going to trust that Jehovah Rapha will respond with healing. And maybe you're in a place where you need God's providence to come through if you lift the name of Christ high and make him the center of your life, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, will respond back. And our response this morning is, Lord, you be Jehovah Nessie in our lives. Be our banner. Be above our lives and let the people see it and smell it and taste it. Let us be the fragrance of Christ to those who are still to believe in you as we carry your name in honor and strength and in a worthy manner. Close our eyes. Lord Jesus, it is our deepest desire and our greatest pursuit to honor you with our lives. Lord, and for those of us who haven't been doing it the way that you want us to in partnership with what you've done for us, We want to respond this morning by saying, God, we want to try again. We want to do this right. We want to be carrying your name in a way that the world can join in. Lord, make us more aware of your holy, glorious name and what it carries, Lord. Let us never not feel that weight of what it is to lift your name on high, Lord. And that weight comes with incredible liberty and freedom. It's not a dead weight, Father, it's a living weight. And the life that you bring is one of freedom and liberty. We're gonna respond with worship to you this morning. And before we do, I wanna ask you as the congregation to respond that if you say here this morning that Pierre, yes, first commandment, I've made God priority. Yes, second commandment, I've, I've been dealing with my idols and I've been putting the things aside that replace him in my life. But now Pierre, third in line, I want to be a phenomenal, beautiful, strong, courageous, brave name carrier with Christ Jesus in this world. If that is you, just stand up in response this morning. Lord, you know every heart here. You see every heart. Lord, and and I see an army of believers who say, when we leave these doors, our world is gonna change. Because more than ever, the name Christ is gonna be lifted high above our heads and the world is gonna see, Lord. So as we respond in worship to you this morning, we believe with all our hearts that there is no greater name than the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that.